This is I'd Rather Be Right, a podcast about big ideas and better predictions. And dick jokes. Which is why this isn't financial, legal, or even dating advice. We might be rich, successful, and good-looking, but Mark Cuban hates us. So prepare to enjoy the best podcast that only awesome, charming, and attractive people like you listen to. Hello, welcome back to the I'd Rather Be Right podcast. It is June 2nd, uh, 8.13 p.m. We are in Miami, Florida. No wondering where Nate is today. No, I am right here. Because he's literally right here. We're yeah. in person. We yeah. actually do know each other in real life. <laughs> it's a true, true statement. <laughs> it's a true, true story. <laughs> it's been seven years we found out today, right? No, we've seen each other since then. No, but I'm saying, but we met about oh, seven years ago. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't seven years ago today, today right? Right. But right. like, but about we, seven years ago, yeah. But seven years ago, a few months before that, because it was it, maybe June? May, I think. Probably May. Probably sometime in so May. So we probably so this is, yeah. yeah May, June, July, August. I spent the whole summer in D.C. And we were just getting ago. photos, both of us, on Facebook, saying seven years ago when we were hanging out. So yeah, we know each other just over seven years. Yeah, so seven years and a few weeks probably crazy i've been about two years since we've been in person yep because we were in san antonio last time with ryan who you guys heard in the texas with uh, ryan, yeah the texas podcast the texas freeze out podcast yeah yeah was it there when we uh, when luke was making jokes that were hilarious but uh have gotten us I've gotten us a lot of publicity actually among like the people that are actually watching because they're like this is my favorite part oh, and they're yeah. sharing it with their friends part of it has a it's it and the cryptocurrency episodes are like the highest rated ones. That's part of it. And part of because I've been playing that part for people. I'm like, yeah. if you want the, to know what we're when, when we're doing banter, this is the kind of thing we're doing. Even my mom thought it was funny. Uh, she was not, I don't know if she was pleased, but she thought she admitted it was yeah. funny. <laughs> I don't know if she was pleased. Yeah. Sometimes this isn't uh, mom friendly. This might not be mom friendly since we are literally drinking rub. Yeah. In the Caribbean, essentially, basically. In yeah, Miami. the gateway to the Caribbean. That's Miami, right? Yeah. So uh, yeah. we decided to go with rum today. This is not Luke's favorite uh, favorite beverage. Uh, no. The beverage choice would be whiskey and beer, I think, right? Yeah, whiskey and IPAs. And I am an uh, equal opportunity drinker, and I'm a win in Rome. And I uh, feel Miami is rum, yeah. especially when we were at – we were at just a Little Havana area. Yeah, we were. We are, we just went to Little Havana. Yeah, we recap uh, our days for everyone. Uh, Nathan got on a plane at like 10. Non-stop flight here at 2. Been chilling out. I had to get up at uh, 3. Get an Uber at 4. Go to the hotel. Get on a plane at 6. Fly to Atlanta. Wait an hour. Get on another plane. Then fly here. Then once we landed, we had to sit... Uh, Outside the terminal for 10 minutes, which I know isn't very long. But after you've been in the air for four hours, they're like, look, I know we landed. Uh, but you guys got to hang out for another 10 minutes before we can get you to the terminal. It's like, come on, man. That's why, like, when people say. You're killing me, small. I know. <laughs> well, that's why when people say, traveling is my passion. I love traveling. I'm like, no, you fucking don't. You don't. I love being there. Yeah, you like I hate the there. journey. Yeah, but. Getting places is God. the worst. So as a general rule, the journey is terrible. Certain oh. exceptions, um, 
trains in certain contexts. Trains are legit. Train like during the day, especially in Europe, is like, pretty trains awesome. Yeah, exactly, exactly uh, in Europe. Trains are and legit. Then, and then parts of the West Coast I'd like to do. I'd like to do the Chicago to Oregon or Chicago to Seattle Lake, which is apparently like goes right through yeah. a great Glacier National Park. They have a um, that sounds dope. But they have a ranger who gets on because there's two stops, one at the beginning of the park and one in the middle of the park. And depending which way you're going, the ranger gets on a one stop and goes to the other. And the top the top part is like a bubble of, of a train. It's like a viewing bubble to watch as the national really? as the yeah, as the uh the park ranger is talking all about Glacier National Park. And you can do it and you know the thing is it's only gonna last for so long because it's subsidized by uh the government for the time being because so the issue is that line is pretty much the only access to public uh, transportation that like Montana has in like certain parts wow. of Montana and certain parts of the country. So like all of those senators and congressmen constantly work to get the government to subsidize it. And I just wonder how long it's going to last because eventually I think people are going to be angry that we're subsidizing this thing that no one uses right. except for people who are doing that tourist event and then uh, people who – a few people that live there and maybe we'll keep doing it. But it's, they're not particularly poor in Montana or anything. Like, I mean they're rich oil people uh, so they can right. definitely fund this on themselves. But no, it's coming out of the, uh, the U.S. coffers for the time being. I didn't but know about that. it is – Sounds like a super cool like experience to do that trip, and then also a cool way to get to Glacial National Park if you want to do that. And it's in where Wyoming. Uh, so it's it's from the Chicago leg to uh, Chicago to Seattle, and I think it's so Montana. I believe is where Glacier Montana. is. Okay. Um, uh, I believe it's where the Glacial National Park, but don't. I would say 90 percent sure of that. I could be wrong, but I think I'm pretty sure it's Montana, fine, dude. I didn't know about that. Yeah, so that like. That's like a cool yeah. – well, the journey actually might be part of the fun. Obviously, I'm a sailor, so that's part of the journey is the fun. But I don't think anyone particularly likes flying anymore. It's like unless you're flying your own Cessna. Like, yeah. <laughs> like it's miserable yeah. now. Flying is, is miserable, and it's been miserable since – I mean – And now it's extra miserable with the masks. Oh, with wear. the mask. I had to wear a mask the entire time just to come to Miami. Though. There's going to be 12,000 people there on Friday. <laughs> and no one's probably going to be wearing masks because all these Bitcoin people are – not fond of masks, let's say that. That's not fun. And and and, ha and a significant amount of them are also not fond of vaccines. They're not fond so of vaccines. So they are going to get a, each other sick. We've yes. been vaccinated. I'm chilling. So I believe like, in vaccines. I believe in science because I don't have uh, the whooping cough. Well, I, I don't have malaria. <laughs> I would tell you that like, the tech is a little bit different, and there was. I think there's proper reasons to have some reservations around it, um, but they're like extreme level reservations. And like, I'll say, yeah, there's risks to these like mRNA vaccines. First, the mRNA vaccine has never been in a human until about a year ago, um, but it has been researched for about 20 years. I've been trying to work on it for a long time. They finally cracked it, they think. Yep. Now the big concern is what happens in say five years, 10 years, 20 years when you have this vaccine. And the answer is really nobody knows. Uh, I do think there's some risk around that. And that's, I think a very valid risk that they seem to be concerned about the Bitcoiners, but they like over emphasize the down, they under in my opinion, under emphasize the downsides of COVID itself. They're like, Oh, I've got an immune system. I'm like, that's great. That's not a guarantee. Yeah, of anything. Okay. Um, Does that work against like, like, like and some issues and, and I'm like, we just don't, I mean, we do know some of the downsides of COVID, even though it's only been around for a year, because we already know there's long haul, all yeah. COVID people who don't seem to be getting better, and we have no inclination that they're going to get better. Yeah. And so far, we have no long-haul vaccine recipients. So of the two, I'd still probably take the vaccine. And then I took the J&J, &J, partly because I was a little bit like mRNA. Eh, you know, I'm questionable about it. I still think 
if my MRA was the only, one of the MRA vaccines, which the Moderna and the Pfizer were my only options, I would have taken them. Yeah. Um, but I also wasn't the first one through the door either. So like, that's the other benefit. If you're not the first one through the door, presumably these things are going to cause problems. You're not going to be the first happen. one to get sick either. You're not going to. Yeah, and so, but like, I don't know. They're just a little extreme even for me. I get the reservations. I think there are proper reservations here, but I don't think they're properly weighted against the risk that it's COVID. Well, they're not properly weighted. And most of the people I feel like who do have reservations, they don't have uh, biology or uh, vaccine or any kind of like genetic like education. Okay, that I mean that might be part of it, and even that's true of me. But like I understand risk and stuff. But my point is, sure. if you're going to weigh risks, you got to properly weigh all sides of that. Weigh all the risks, and they're not. And I'd rather they are really yeah. underweighting uh, the risk of COVID. Yeah, like that's that's yeah. the part that I'm like, look, I'm not saying these things are perfectly free. I actually had some side effects. I don't want to get into them because they're a bit personal. Um, of the J and J that I'm pretty sure are related to it. I got really angry with the doctor saying it wasn't related. And I was like, it's almost immediately after the vaccine. It's probably a vaccine related. This is a novel vaccine and a novel shot. We have an announcement. Nathan's actually autistic now. So. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Not that. Not that it wasn't that bad. And uh, I'm not going to sue J&J or anything like that. I'm just saying it probably wasn't without symptoms. Uh, oh, yeah. and, and, I had some symptoms. In my case, some like pretty bad side effects. But the COVID side effects are really bad too. And if you get them and you get the long haul, those are really horrible. Yeah. Uh, and mine was nowhere near as bad as that. And I just like, and that's the part I think to these Bitcoiners that are really skeptical or not properly weighing. Like you yeah. could become a long haul Bitcoiner and they're like, oh, well, I'm healthy. I take care of myself. And I'm like, oh, that's valid. And that right. increases the odds that you yeah. will be going to be fine. But there's no guarantees in life. And if you look at the studies and the vaccines on all of them, so far they're all relatively safe. I mean, well, also, outside of like going to get a few symptoms in the afters, in my case was very, very unique. And I don't want to get into it again because it's really personal. But yeah, but there's like very specific things about me am I, like, yeah. that are un unlikely to be true of most people my age. Yeah. Well, so. it's also like, what do you think your immune system can do? Like, don't get me wrong. It's great. It's amazing. But – we're still very susceptible to many diseases. Well, the other thing is, like, the vaccine uses the immune system. Yeah. Like, that's, that's the whole point. That's the point. <laughs> like, like, that's, that's designed to use the immune yeah, system. Yeah, get, get it so your immune system goes, oh, COVID, word, all right. Yeah, or we're actually, in this case, the spike, we go, oh, spike protein on right. COVID, we know how to deal with this. Yeah. And it remove and it attacks the spike protein so that COVID never really lodges in into your cells yeah. at all. And it just goes away. Or if it does, they can get rid of it real quickly um in the few cases that it does yeah no it's quite amazing what giving your body a vaccine does and just people that have no education in gen i think in general but especially in immunology or uh about the immune system or biology or any of that and then they're like my immune system is fine like you didn't even pay attention to science class don't <laughs> fucking lie to me like oh now you're now oh now you know about oh the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell good job rick like I don't believe you. So to be fair, I think the I think the left is just as bad. The liberals are just as bad. Oh well, I hear kind of. I can't hear. Well, oh, the other thing is, like, oh, the masks they were terrible. Dude, it's driving me uh, crazy. Like especially now, but the thing is, they were also terrible. About, um, um, but they're also terrible about like they're like, oh, antibodies go away, so you can susceptible. No, antibodies are naturally go away three to six months. Almost every virus you're ever gonna get. The difference is yeah. something called a memory B cell, and it, it basically it's the part of your it's the body, the cell in your body that memorizes the recipe, as it were, 
for creating the antibodies. So should should a virus, the virus or virus like it come back, it'll go, oh, I recognize this and start producing the, the antibodies. Yeah, it doesn't just, yeah. your body just doesn't just continuously produce antibodies right. in case this Science virus sure. may one day show up. Science no, sure. it saves the recipe in your body effectively. And I, you know, and I'm not enough of a scientist to get into exactly how it works. I know enough about it, how it works. But the whole point is we, the fact that three to six months later, you're seeing an antibody reduction and eventually go away, it's not surprising. Like that was always expected. That is normal for every other virus. But the difference is you want to see that the memory B cells are encoding the recipe as it were. Right. So, and there's no evidence that it's not. So, and that's going to be true of the vaccines as well as the, um, um, as well as COVID, getting COVID itself. So this is the part where liberals are like freaking out about antibodies. I'm like, you don't understand what's going on. I'm like, yeah, the antibodies are going down, but there's no evidence that the memory right. B cell didn't actually encode the recipe as it yeah. were. And so like, like, and they're like, it doesn't mean you're, ne you're necessarily gonna get it again. Like it would be kind of insane if your body was just constantly producing antibodies in case you may one day get a virus rather than just yeah. encoding the knowledge, the, you know, the quote unquote knowledge that it learned. Knowledge. Um, yeah, the, the the evolutionary knowledge, as it were, because yeah. uh, it's not like your brain is actually doing this, but um, that's what's going on. And so, yeah, we should we should see reduction in antibodies over a period of time. That's not crazy. That's not unusual. There's nothing unique about it. And I remember, I remember liberals arguing that herd immunity wouldn't work, and I got really angry at that. I'm like, of course, herd immunity will work as a strategy. That's the strategy that's been for. Ever. I mean, Forever. like that's literally if you don't do anything, yeah. that's how evolution got us here. Yeah. And it, and I said basically you're arguing that evolution will suddenly not that's work. How we survived the this black one pain. virus yeah. suddenly evolution is not going to work. Yeah. And I go, no. The issue is that a lot of people, if you well, go, if you go pure herd immunity through natural means instead of through the instead of getting a vaccine, what you're basically saying is a lot of people are going to die unnecessarily. Yeah. We could have just gotten a vaccine. Um, and we're not trying to achieve it that way because we don't want people, especially older people, more vulnerable people, people with immune, uh, who are immunocompromised right. to just die unnecessarily, which is why we wore masks, socially distanced, tried to isolate as much as we could and hung out outside rather than inside. All this stuff was sort of, even if you're a healthy person because you're like, oh, you probably will be okay. But the answer is, you, you know, your friend down the street on your, you, and then your friend's friend and your friend's mother and your friend's grandmother may not be. And that was that was the whole game, right? So we didn't have to go the natural way because we knew that within, we expected within eighteen months we'd have a vaccine, and we had it within nine or something. So, yeah, um, like, like this is the benefit of science. We have to understand, how, like, what we were trying to do. And this was, I don't think, very. This was not communicated well at all. Uh, mainly, uh, partly because we had Trump, but even among Trump, we had. You know, Adam and we had the Fauci and I don't think he did very well as we know I hate him uh, very clear uh, I don't hate him as a person I hate him as a policymaker um, I don't mean problem with him as personally but I do have problems with him still being employed um, which is I think a slightly different uh, argument um, but and, I, and I've gone over that I'm not going to go over it right now but the point being whoever even CDC horrible communicators CDC only recently changed some of their obvious policies that we knew from back in June of last year um, including the fact that they updated the fact that it's airborne, uh, like airborne transmission happens through aerosols, which we've known since at least June of last year. Yeah. Um, so the government has just failed us on a communicating level, on a communication level. That means that both 
the right and the left can get their own stories. And so it's sort of become, it's become political yeah. in a way that it shouldn't be. Whereas the left is going to be overly cautious because the right, they're saying the right just doesn't care about other people. So they're overly cautious in, yeah. in bizarre ways. And then the right is just like, fuck other people, really are like, fuck other people. My freedom's all or all that matters. They believe that. And then they'll tell you. And they're like, my freedom's all that matters and screw the, the grandma down the street. But therefore, also, the virus isn't real because, uh, or isn't a big deal, or is just a flu, or all these other things, or masks don't really work. And why are they adding that extra component? Because if they don't, they're really, they would have to admit that they're bad people, which is in fact what they are. They are. I, I, like they're engaged in, in, in moral behavior, in my opinion, yeah. just like recklessly running around, potentially affecting people. But once you've got the vaccine and you've waited long enough for full immunity, which they tell you, depending on what shot you got and how many shots you had to get. When that happens, then you should be fine. And not only that, but they've made it, you know, all the studies have shown pretty clearly that the transmissibility reduces a lot. And this is what we're trying to get back to as normal. So we should be able to run around maskless once you've been vaccinated without having to worry that you're going to infect grandma down the street. Um, and that's why, like, that's why you and I are getting angry with the liberals right. and why we're happy to be here in Florida for the time being now. When they're kind of sitting there I'm, saying, like, good luck, go get COVID then. And yeah, I'm like, like, you're not going to get – Because like, you're saying, I don't want to wear a mask anymore. I'm vaccinated. Like, well, then go get COVID. And you're like, no, 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 no. I got vaccinated so I, so I, like, I won't get COVID or if I get it, like, it's fine. Like, and, and if I do get it, it reduces the odds exactly. that I transmit it. Uh, or – and then the thing is all this also includes viral load, right? So viral load is how much of a dosage you get – of the virus in the beginning and reduces that likely as well. So even if you got COVID, you wouldn't get it as bad producing as much of a virus. So you wouldn't, if you coughed on grandma, it wouldn't be as bad as it was, right. would have been if you had been like, if you had it without the vaccine, right? So that's also part of this thing. It's about reducing the viral load again, which helps other people if you should somehow get it. Exactly. Uh, and then with Moderna and Pfizer, it's unlikely you're gonna get it at all. Uh, if you get the two, if you get both um, shots and then J and J, possible but it's um unlikely you're gonna get severe which severe is like you're in the hospital um and actually technically even severe can be non-hospital like it's like you've got um, a blood oxygen level among uh, like below a certain level you may not even have to be taken to the uh to the hospital um and that's almost never going to happen on either of the and, and like and i think in the case of Moderna and pfizer it didn't even happen in the initial studies yeah. uh and then j and j like very highly unlikely so Whichever one you got, get it, wait the time, yeah. and then stop worrying about masks so much. Yeah. Uh, unless you have a real reason to otherwise worry about it. And there's probably other reasons. Um, and I don't want to speak to those. But COVID specifically in that context. Yeah, you're chilling. You're probably fine. It's really crazy to like be – what I find the most interesting is it's crazy to be like – see all that like when – COVID happens and all the conservatives are like, it's not real. Like your immune system will deal with it. And normal people are like, no, we should probably wear masks and then like social distance and listen to like the CDC or whatever. And now the vaccines come out and we get the and normal, reasonable people get the vaccine. Then we're like, all right, cool. We're good. And then like the crazy people are now the liberals and they're like, no, 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 you're going to get COVID. You have yeah. to wear, you have to continue to wear your masks. Even like I heard like the San Francisco it's mayor the other day was like, we're out of the woods. We have 80% uh, people vaccinated, but still keep wearing your masks. And companies like Uber are like, still wear your mask. And you're like, dude, what? Why? Yeah, what's well, the you, point? You, you politicize the risks and our understanding of what's going on with COVID and yeah. our understanding of it at any given time. And 
it's become if you're not overly cautious, you don't care about other people. Right. And then all of a sudden, if and then you deserve to get COVID. And then you deserve to get COVID. And then on the other side, if mm-hmm. um, if you're cautious and specifically before you're getting a vaccine and you are trying to avoid it, it's because you don't care about freedom and you're trying to hurt everyone else's freedom rather than you believe that there's some societal obligation to protect other people who may, for whatever reason, uh, be more susceptible to uh, negative consequences. And a lot of the um, a lot of the attitude on the right on that level is like, well, then just stay at home if you're susceptible. I'm like that doesn't really work. People are gonna see their grandmother, people are gonna see their mother, you know, they got a shop too. They got to go to the grocery store. There's places of intersect. And then all these places that you're going, like there are people who have to work there yeah. and have to be and like, so the odds of say you walking to the grocery, so let's go pre-vaccine, pre-vaccine where let's say we're walking in on mass. Um, I have COVID, you don't, and you're just walking in uh, and, and you're there for a few minutes and probably not right next to me. You're probably fine. But what about the worker there who I'm coughing the whole way and then several other people also have COVID and they come in and cough and you're walking through this all day until the air circulation takes care of it. And if enough people come in, you're gonna get the virus, viral load, a larger viral load for multiple people and then you can right. maybe get it. And that's just different than the context of you and me in and out, which is sort of the attitude of the right. We're like, well, you know, I'll just go in and grab my shit and leave. What's the big deal? And I'm like, well, it's not, if you have COVID and the other guy, yeah, you know, 14, say 10 other people throughout the day at a grocery store. If you have 100 people, which is probably not unreasonable, um, 100, 200, 300 people, like that's enough to infect the workers there. Yeah. Um, and, and I do think we have some societal obligation to protect these people who are doing jobs that, frankly, are probably underpaid uh, and important to us. Uh, we call them essential workers and we treat them like they're not. But like, essential but, workers but at a minimum, we can like mask way. up and act like decent human beings, yeah. like we give another, like we give a crap right. to other people. But once we're vaccinated, that's a different game because uh, we're like the transmissibility yeah. should go down, like, and that's the whole point we're getting to. And we should do what we. One thing I will say that I think the Biden admin could have done better and maybe is doing better now um, was really getting the essential workers vaccinated, the people who have to work mm-hmm. seven days a week, maybe paying for part, even if you're not going to pay for time off forever, pay for two days off, two or three days off after post vaccine um, payment. Even maybe you just do it as right. a tax break. I don't yeah. know. Um, but ensure these people are going to get paid so they know they can take two or three days off after they get this, maybe this second dose so they know that they can uh, if they get sick for those few days they actually get it and and for the few hours that they're off and getting shot and maybe actually i would have probably and some to be fair in dc they did but i think this is more of a state level some places were giving the vaccine in grocery stores and definitely would have done that wow. to make sure that all essential yeah. workers in the grocery stores are getting them but there are other types of essential workers that are important too yeah um people who are working on the front lines of things who are really have to be in person like i think that I honestly do think the admin, uh, the admin could have done better there and maybe may in fact be doing better now. I haven't fully stayed on top of it, but they definitely weren't doing the world's best there. Yeah. Well, it is interesting to like, I've, I've only just recently started going to stores without my mask. Like before I just went into the gym. Well, cause sorry, uh, New Mexico, they just lifted the mask mandate with when the CDC said you have to wear a mask anymore. 
I was only going to the gym, but you, I still feel weird going into like normal places because you know all the workers are still wearing masks. No, in in DC and Virginia, I'm not. Um, uh, I'm not going maskless there because right now um, it's still <coughs> it's pretty much mandated, and if it's not, it's like everyone's doing it. And yeah. I'm not going to get into a fight with a grocery store worker over wearing a mask just because yeah. I'm vaccinated. Well, I got vaccinated, so fuck off. Yeah. Like, it's not, you know, again, this is partly about what you owe other people and also just about being a decent human being. Like, they'll get there, and when they do get there, uh, I'm definitely going to go maskless, uh, which is why I was happy to get down here in this context. But to be fair, they've been maskless for a long period of time before they should have been, in my opinion. Florida, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So, like, we're enjoying – at a time when we've been vaccinated and hit full immunity and I feel comfortable. Yeah. But they were like, I, I put it this way. I don't think Florida's any, been reckless since day one. <laughs> I, I don't think any state has done it. Perfect. They, they, and a lot of them got lucky. Like in the, uh, the, the more conservative ones got lucky because they were, you know, it's, it's a virus that doesn't do well outside. Um, so, mm. you know, the places like, Texas and Florida, you can yep. be outside a lot. People are outside a lot. Uh, you know, being out on a boat is actually pretty safe. Um, you can have all those Tampa Bay boat parties you want if you're hanging oh, yeah. out outside the boat, uh, not not underneath the cabin, and you're going to be perfectly fine even if someone has COVID. Very likely, like high likelihood, because yeah. the, the the virus we know doesn't do well with the sunlight and also is airborne. And as we know, the air is pretty big. And then if you're on like a moving boat, like unless you're standing yeah. directly behind the person who's coughing, uh, who has COVID, you're probably going to be like, you're probably fine. You know, you're going to be miles away by the time uh, when, when something goes on. So I don't like I hung out on my boat all last summer. Um, and part of the reason was when I knew it was airborne, I knew it was killed by someone. I was like, this is a pretty safe place to yeah. hang out. And so I had lots of people. I didn't I say lots of them at once because I didn't want people on top of each other, like right next to each other. But we had, you know, I was out with a lot of different people. And, you know, groups of four, we had just enough room to space out and have a conversation and hung out. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and I do think that that helped a lot of the conservative ones who are now like, oh, we did great. And I'm like, eh, I mean – if you've right. been conservative and stuck in Minnesota, well, we, yeah, we, we, we'd have a, we'd have a different conversation when winter hit, right? Um, and like, I just don't think that's fully appreciated. Mm -hmm. um, and it's because we politicized everything. Like, it's just dude, everything's politicized these days. Yep. And it's going to continue to be that way. It's kind of it's kind of crazy. It's like I'm more. It's, I don't know. I, yep. I've seen tweets like that, but it's like not wearing a mask when I go into CVS is more like they're gonna think I'm a fucking Trump supporter, and like I don't believe in science, and like all this crazy, and like I have a gun on me, which I might, but like I live in the you know Southwest, so it's fine. But it's like it's different. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like no, 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 I'm not like that. But I'm vaccinated. But oh, I still gotta wear this fucking mask. Even though I'm vaccinated, it's fine. All y'all are fine too. As soon as it's normal around my place, I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm like, I'm not going to get into fights with people. Yeah, about you got it. It's like you have to wait for social, but then you got these people who. I don't are. think I have to aggressively wait for social. I have to wait for the law to change and enough, maybe a little bit of social. Here's the thing: like sometimes it's like, first of all, I believe that the establishment has a full right to say mask up. They, I think they can tell you to get naked too. To be fair, you know, you want to shop here, get you know. No shoes, no shoes. Careful, no I'm going to turn everybody on. <laughs> but they'd be like, they could say no shoes, no shirts, no service. Dick, or 
Having, having a hard dick is uh, considered a weapon, world. Or they could so, say, uh, you know, it was no shoes, no. <laughs> No uh, shoes, no shirt, shoes, no, no service. service. Sure, it yeah. could be the opposite. It could be Me, shoes, shoes. shoes. <laughs> if you have shoes, shirt, no, no service, service, you better have no shoes, shoes, no shirt, and a hard dick better come on in here. And you're like, wait, I, this, I, is like, this is a country bar. And they're like, that's right, cowboy. And like, I'm very confused. So I'm pretty libertarian in that context that, like, they at least – like they can super, like they can't supersede the necessarily the law as a minimum yeah. requirement, but they can add more requirements, right? Sure. So they could be like, "Hey, you have to wear a mask, even though, you know, but only Virginia is saying you don't need to." And, that, and so, like, I assume that if most of the employees are wearing it, uh, or there's a or there's a um, sign, or if most of the customers are wearing it, then we have to. Now, maybe if all the customers are maskless and running around, and the employees are wearing it. Then I won't do it. Like that's true right here it, in this hotel. That's exactly what's it, happening in yeah. this hotel. This is the case, but like it's because I'm sure it's mandated by either Florida or um, or uh, or the hotel, like the hotel chain. Um, and we're not really sure who's doing it, but like they clearly they're not. They don't care what the customers are doing. Um, so right. like I'm looking for those kind of cues. Um, and Same. right now in Virginia, we don't have them. Um, right now, it seems to be like we're still wearing them. So. For the time being, we're I'm wearing them just because I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get into a, again. I'm not gonna get into a fight with some minimum wage worker. Right. Yeah. And saying, I'm vaccinated. What does it matter? End Fuck up you. On, end up on Facebook. In yeah. Albuquerque, it's really store to store is what I've noticed. Is like some stores you go in and every, like I went into Sprouts, which is like a Whole Foods. If and you don't have that, it's like everyone had a mask on except for me. And I was like, ah, shit. New Mexico has like one of the highest rate uh, rates of vaccinations in the country. Yeah. Like I, I think outside of the Northeast, you're you're the highest, and you yeah. might even, and I think you're right up there with the top in the Northeast. Yeah, I think, I think you're kind, you're a real around. exception, and um, yeah. and part of it's your governor who's pretty great. Yeah. I think we got a lot of people vaccinated, but sometimes they go into a gas station and everyone has masks on. So the other day, I went into a gas me. station, they all had no one had masks on, so I like. Even the employees didn't have them on, so I took mine off. I was like, "All right, fuck it." Like, um, do you think? Uh, it. Do you think it's? Do you think in some ways New Mexico is sort of outside the normal politics? She, uh, it's, in the it's, country, it's very different. It's more like you know, it's per. It's very. It's a very purple kind of place. There's a lot of Democrats, but there's also a lot of Republicans. But and it's truly purple, not like it's libertarian. Truly purple. It's not libertarian. It's not libertarian. it's not libertarian that way that Arizona is. Like no, it's not libertarian because like if you live there, you're just so steeped in the Hispanic and the native cultures that make that place what it is. I mean, it's you know the history goes back so far that even if even the hardcore Republicans there are like are Hispanic or native. You know what I mean? Or it's like they all. If you so, you think there, the social issue? Do you think the social issues are just like uh, are reduced a lot, and then it's more about the actual policy discussions? Is that like is that what we're yeah? It's 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 not like anyway. It's it's so much more reasonable. Where we're loading drinks here. We're loading drinks. Yeah, it's so much more reasonable than any like in than in Arizona, or like these other like or Texas or these places that are just like so hardcore like libertarian and republican it's like there's a there's a good balance of what i really like to think of is like intellectual and reasonable uh democrats who also understand like we need you can't defund the police you need to be maybe sometimes you want to carry a gun but it's like we have you know a a, a, a metroplex basically albuquerque and santa fe with basically a million people in it that all the commerce, all the basically production in the entire state happens. But then, you know, 
and half an hour south is like the number one engineering school in the world. And then an hour north is where all the PhDs go to, you know, create law to work at Los Alamos and create the, the atomic bomb. So it's like, it's a very weird mix of like Hispanic culture, uh, Latino culture, native culture, but also like PhD and like governmental stuff. So it's like, but everyone you meet there is pretty much like you would have a reasonable conversation about almost any, because I swear to God, you'll meet like a PhD in, phys in physics uh, working on electrical engineering projects at Los Alamos, who's a Republican, but they, you know, their family has been in New Mexico for 300 years. And like they're Republican, but they're like obviously like fine with like LGBT and all this stuff. But like they have, but because part of Mexico is the West, it is the Wild West. I mean, that's where Billy the Kid was, right? They, people do have this very like, self-directed republican yeah way about them, to me it's but, a little bit libertarian um but it's libertarian with a little bit more heart <laughs> that's exactly that's, that's you know what you said it better than i could that's exactly what it is you meet these people but they all have heart for everyone else and then like like they're willing to be a little bit um yes. i would say it's socialist uh and right to the degree that like they want to make sure other people are at least getting the basics it's uh, it's and having heart is very big in new mexico everyone you meet there is like they like I, I think that comes really heavily from the native culture, especially is like it, is that where it comes people from? have like people have a lot of I don't want to say like love for people. Like it's definitely not socialist in that way, but they, they do have heart for the no, struggle. No, no. They actually they have heart for the struggle. But it's not just heart for the struggle, but they like people. Uh, they and, like people. And, and I've noticed this so the few times I've been there. Well, well, the struggle, I mean the historical struggle struggle of a culture. I know not of like people. I mean like everyone yeah. there realizes the historical struggle of Native Americans of Hispanics. Yeah. Everyone understands like you didn't just, you know, we didn't just build cities. Like there was a lot of wars for a long time yeah, yeah. and genocide and all these things. So there's I, like yeah, I think that's, that's people hold that really deeply. That actually makes a lot of sense. Uh, yeah. I'm just saying I experienced it not from that, but from like but it actually makes sense as to why it exists. Mm -hmm. But oh, as we know, I think I've told we said this in the podcast at the time, like I how you were surprised that I really loved right. Albuquerque because you didn't tried, mention it. I didn't at mention all. it for a few. Like so, <laughs> I think we were hanging out for three months or so, and it was near the end of it. And he was talking to some girls. And I'm from Albuquerque. And I'm like, yeah, Albuquerque's great. It's one of my favorite cities. And he's like, what? And like he just ends the conversation with that girl and just like focuses on me and is like, what the hell is going on? Right? Like. How have we been hanging out for three months? You never even mentioned it. I guess I slow burned it. I didn't want to like Literally over deliver yeah. this one. But I really do love that city. And part of the reason I love the city is the people. And but I've, as I sort of explained to other people, including my, my dad was, went to Albuquerque recently and Santa Fe oh, nice. and other things. He was there uh, a few weeks ago. Um, but he, I said to him, he never been to that area of the country. I said, I said, you have to understand that people are really nice and really friendly. Well, they won't necessarily say hi to you first. Like, there's other parts of the country that will just, like, in the South, like, the real traditional South, they'll say hi to you, but then, they're like, and they'll talk to you, but they actually don't really want to talk to you. Right. Like, 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 it's, it's like, it's like, they'll talk to you and be sociable, but uh, sort of New Mexico is sort of different. They won't say hi. They say, hi, I'm, I'm Nathan. I'm from out of town. They find out you're from out of town. They will talk your ear off, oh, and they want you to know everything about Albuquerque. Oh, yeah. And especially if you ask the question, "Hey, so what should I do?" and they're gonna have a million opinions, and they're not oh, gonna yeah. be the one. They're not gonna be the ones that are like hard to pull the teeth of what you should do. They're gonna list things. The San Diego Mountains are probably gonna come out pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. Obviously, breweries are gonna come out quickly. Some of the tours are gonna come out. San, going up to Santa Fe is always mentioned. Yeah. You know, the, it's typical things. But the thing is, they want you 
who appreciate their home as much as they do. Yeah. And they will help you do it and they'll do it in a friendly manner. They'll just talk to you for like yeah. a long time. Like the first night we were in Albuquerque, we made my friend and I, uh, Evan and I, we made a group of friends that night who came back the next day to Marble Brewery. And we had like, so we had like a bigger group. Nice. Like they brought friends back and they nice. found out we were, we were like, yeah, we'll be back. We'll, we'll come back next. Uh, so we're supposed to come back. Cause my, my friend Evan created a, um, he got into a bet with some guy where he could drink him under the table. So oh, it was going to be a, it was going to be a drinking competition. And we had like, you're going to come out of the drinking competition, right? You're going to come out of the drinking competition, right? And they're like, yeah, we'll be there. We'll be there. And they all showed up. He they all showed up except for the guy who was supposed to compete with my friend. Oh, wow. <laughs> so we just talked shit about this guy who was from Albuquerque who no one really knew. But the funny oh, thing is all the other people came back to like watch this drinking competition yeah. that didn't take place. And they all brought their own friends. Nice. And we all like, and, we had this weird little social circle we built in yeah. one night and it was just because they were open to it. Like, and they were open to that randomness yeah. and showing two guys from Washington, DC, a, yeah. a fun, fun time. Um, and that was sort of like my, that was my introduction to Albuquerque and why I love it so much. And I was like, it's the people, like it's the people and the beer. And like, I was like, those two things are why I love Albuquerque. Yes. And then you combine it with how close it is Santa Fe and right. house and all these other things to do. And I'm like, I'm in love. And, yeah. but I do think there's a difference between them and the South. As I said, in other places where you have to say hi first. Yeah. But if you do. Yeah. They're going to be your friends really quick. Yeah. You have to, unless you're, Real total dickhead. Yeah, it's definitely not like the South. That's for sure. No, it's not like that. They won't yeah. say hi first, but no. I've never, I've never not said hi. I like I've, every time I've ever said hi to someone in, um, in, in New Mexico, and they're a local. Yeah. Um. Yeah. They're just people love out people who, if they're an adult and they're still in Albuquerque, they fucking love that place. Like either like they people especially like. They've come to appreciate. Definitely, you have to have a certain. You have to be into a certain lifestyle to live out here. Like I love it. I don't know if I'll live there forever, but I mean, it's the lifestyle that it affords. Like, it's a certain lifestyle that if that's your lifestyle, it's dope. Mountain town, rich culture. But we were talking about this earlier. But you can get to the mountains. You can get to Santa Fe, which has like I mean, world renowned art galleries. Like you can get to almost any kind of thing you want, except for a beach. <laughs> Very like easily within an hour. I mean, you can't go to a beach at all. There's no water, so don't expect that at all. Or like really a nightclub but, lifestyle. But other than that, and here's the difference also between you guys and my mom in Northeast, right? So you met my mom once, very briefly, mm -hmm. in, in a Macy's. Uh, right? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You remember? Yeah. Mom does not remember. Yeah, you were shopping for socks or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My mom was like, "What?" I'm like, "I'm like, you met him in a Macy's." Like, all right, yeah. but your mom not only remembers me, makes sure to always say hi through you, a lot, like in, yeah. in almost any context. Yeah. To be fair, I, I did. It was a little bit more substantial of meeting. Right. Uh, in my mom's oh, defense. Yeah. No, my mom loves you. She always like say hi to Nathan. Yeah, yeah, in my mom's defense, and I'm like, but I think it partly is just like, oh. It's a friend from not from Albuquerque who yeah. likes this place, who likes Luke. Yeah. Like, like there's a, and I was like, that's sort of the mentality. You like this right. place, we love you. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's true. It's, like, it's crazy how in like I've all, like growing up, I always found it weird. I'm like, because like you have friends and then their their parents, but like they love Albuquerque and they'll, I mean, you give you give a New Mexican a chance, they will just 
bore your ear off or talk your ear off <laughs> yeah. with the history of New Mexico and the native history and the Hispanic and history. And it's a weird, all this interesting stuff. history. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm still mind blown by Taos. Taos Pueblo, I think I've told this. Yeah. Did I tell the story on here? I'm not sure. Um, so Taos Pueblo, mind blown by this place because that's probably, I'm trying to think, the top cultural experience I've ever had. Because I knew nothing about it, I'd only seen pictures, and I was like, and I and I was told by a family friend, if you're gonna get out to New Mexico, she used to live in um, uh, somewhere in Albuquerque, and was doing stuff for the military at some point. And this is, and this is like my best friend's mother, and she's like, you're going to, I'm like, and she's like, okay, you need to get to Santa Fe. Well, I was like, I was gonna go through Albuquerque. She's like, you need to go through Santa Fe. And you need to go to a Pueblo. That was her two things. She said, if you if you don't do these things, I'm going to hold it against you. I'm like, okay. So I was like, I found one Pueblo, the Taos Pueblo. But she's like, you need to go. and you need to have that experience. And I go, and I paid a graduate student who was from the tribe, uh, Taos, which is the people from the Red Reed, I believe. Um, you can correct me if I'm wrong. He's the native here. Um, Not but, a New Mexican native. But I think, it's, I think it's the people from the Red Reed. Yeah. It's what they call themselves. They don't really have a name like, Chickasaw. Right, That's right. the people from the Red Reef. Yeah. And they're in Taos, Pueblo, which is just outside of Taos, obviously. And then they have like a whole history about coming from the lake near the mountains and all this other stuff. But the thing that was really shocking to me is so you walk, there's two different, uh, there's the current church and then there's the old church, which still has a, 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 a the bell tower. And it's also where the graveyard is. And what happened was this was, um, you know, Mexican-American War, post that time, they're in a fight with the natives as well. The natives are trying to assert themselves, um, but they're also Christian at this point because they've been, you know, anglicized, as it were. Um, and they put the women and children inside of the church. And thinking that the Union soldiers at this point who were like, be fair, it's unclear who started. I think it may have been the town's people, but like, but there was definitely yeah. a fight. They thought they could protect the women and children by putting them in there. Nope, you just was just tearing cannonballs on on the church, um, and that's why it's the graveyard, and that's why I still have the tower there to remind themselves of what happened. And I was just like aghast that we, um, you know, in no other con like you can't imagine purposely targeting the church. In a Western context, right. like 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 you wouldn't have done it. Yeah. Um. Certainly not knowing that women and children were inside of it. Like right. you wouldn't have been like, let's do this. Um. Um. And we did it. And that's just part of our history right. and their history. And by our history, I mean me as a Western U.S. person who like both sides of my family came over in the Mayflower. I was American by that point. Yeah. American Union by that point. Like that was certainly on my side. Yeah. Not on theirs. Um, and that was like a shocking experience to me. Um, cause I've never even heard the story. I've never heard the story since you can go look on the Wikipedia page. It's not very well covered. Um, and I can't get the full story, which is why I'd also like to know who really mm -hmm. fired first. Although that won't make it a whole lot better, right. <laughs> even if it was like, it wasn't us, yeah. but there definitely was like, you know, there were skirmishes back then. Um, but you didn't expect the skirmish. I wouldn't have expected the skirmish to attack a church, right. let alone a church full of women and children. And children. Um, Horrible. And that's that happened in Taos Pueblo. So, um, and I wouldn't have had that experience if I hadn't gone to a Pueblo, and I only went to one. Right. And there's a whole bunch over there, um, and a, a whole, a and there are like so. This yeah. is I think this is probably very different to me than I think of the East Coast Native Americans, uh -huh. where it's like a lot of smaller 
tri- almost right. tribe level. Yep. Like they're not quite, and they're, and, and again, they didn't have a full name. People from the Red Reef sort yeah. of suggested to me how right. how small they were. They didn't even have an identity beyond that. And the people, the, and the Red Reed was what was on the river uh, yeah. nearby. Um, and my understanding is like out in the West Coast, like especially in, in New Mexico and area, it's a lot like that. It's like yep. a lot more. Yeah, there's a lot of small Pueblo. I mean, you know, I can think of a, a number off my hands, you know, like the Az, not Aztecs, but most people would know that. But there's like a lot of people call themselves the Aztec, but there's the Zuni. There's a lot of the Comanches. Like, a little is the Comanche that far out, or is it was that Texas? It's I don't know the Texas. It, it, I mean, it gets a little murky, right? Because that like they're not the clean line. No, so no, they like, didn't have states back then. Yeah, so and they it, certainly it, didn't respect it those states. It all bleeds. States. It all kind of bleeds, and so yeah, Texas, New Mexico, or Arizona, Colorado, it all kind of bleeds. And that's actually one of the things. One of my favorite things to do. Just this is very personal, but one of my favorite things to do. I I'm personally Native American, so one of my favorite things to do is when I run in the hills. I like look across the land because when you run up a mountain, we have mountains, we have the Rocky Mountains. You can see so far. And I just like try to imagine, think back of like being my ancestors and being like, that's all like our land. And then like you just like walking from this mountaintop to that mountaintop. It's I, fucking crazy, dude. Uh, uh, the Lion King reminds me of that. Everything yeah. you can see is I, I can see is our land. It's really, like, and, but like it's really true because yeah. like I know like how far that mountain is and it's far, but like I mean, you can walk there in. A week or two, and then hunt, and then walk back, you, and then walk to that mound. So it's like, do you have any? So, do you have any good? Like, I, I was trying to find. So the problem with history is that it's always biased, right? We always know it's biased. Yeah. But I prefer one that tries to be unbiased, right? And tried to tell it both uh, close to the. Do you have any good Native American, like books on Native American history? Because everyone I've seen, I'm like, this this seems wildly biased, and the other side seems wildly biased, and I'm like, yeah. I'm like. Not ones that I've read. If I'm not going to read like both sides yeah. of the argument, I'm like, not ones that I've read personally. I'm not at that stage in my life yet. <laughs> um, I've heard a lot of stories. I've heard about a lot of books. Um, um, okay. Do you have any ones that about that you from people you trust that you would say, oh, that would be the one? If, if I was only going to read one. There's that. Uh, there's like, uh, well, one and really try to understand it because oh, there's man. so. To be fair, and, and there, I mean, there there is one that if I hadn't had as many of these, I would remember. But it but it does. But like so, the Apache. I'm not Apache, but the Apache, there there are some books written by the Apache. Some are like not great, but some are written more fairly. And there's I do have one in my head, but I can't okay, well, remember we'll, it. We'll come up with it off. Yeah. Uh, we'll come up with it off. But, and we'll but, put it it is, but I mean, they were look, they were protecting their home, but they were also brutal as fuck. But so yeah. were the but so were the cowboys. So like I mean back no, then. No, the cowboys are history, and there's some debate. Like, this is there's a debate, I think, to this day about who started scalping, right? Whether or yeah. not it was Yeah, well Which, who was it? Who was was Well it? yeah, back then it was said like you weren't if you were in the West, whether you were a white man or a native man, you weren't a man unless you had a scalping knife and a gun and I think something else that I can't remember. But like but white the white man and the Indian, they both carried scalping knives. Yeah, and there was a debate, I think there's a real debate as to who started that. Yeah, I understand. Like, yeah, because you never knew when you needed it. it. It it'd be fun if you. Ever yeah, but like, who started actually scalping yeah. and who started? And again, you know, it may be the like, well, you know, uh, the shot her around the world is still a question: who started the British or the, or the American right. Revolution? Right. It's maybe it's one of those things unresolved. And I, my understanding is it's pretty unresolved this day. Like, there's debates. I've heard both arguments, and my guess is. Uh, one side started it. Uh, one psychopath probably started it, and then the next guy, maybe less of a psychopath, who's like, "Well, I got to return the favor." And then you know, I think it's forgotten how brutal our ancestors were. 
Yeah. You are here because your ancestors were brutal. We're brutal as fuck. No, yours were. Mine was. Everyone. Everyone. Knows. If you're standing here, it's because your ancestors. Your, your ancestors were, were probably brutal. serial fucking killers. They um, were psychos. Yeah, I, I wouldn't go that far, but they were brutal when they had to be. Like, and the thing is, I think we forget how brutal you even just. Okay. But that was, the, but that was just how life was. But, yeah, but even yeah, okay. life was Let, brutal. Let's simplify it for a little bit. A little bit, even in the context of like eating meat. I don't have yeah. to go kill an animal, but. Yeah. And back in the day, all of your ancestors, like if they wanted to eat meat, were killing an animal. Like, and and if you're listening to this right now, think about that. Think about murdering a chicken or a cow to feed your family. Most people are like, that really did that. They did it weekly. They did it weekly. And the thing is, time. And like, and like, thing is, like, you know, so there's older. If you have an older person in your uh, family, you could probably ask them about snapping a chicken's neck. Like they will just walk out and boom, they do it. They can just do it instantly and just whip it around your head. I've seen it. Grab them and boom, that's it. And, and then like you're, then you're having chicken for dinner. But the thing is, like, it's great. I can't even imagine doing that. And the thing is, like, yeah. that's so common. And all of your family came from that. Like, that's two people ago. The way I like to think about it is like that's two people ago. So like, yeah. my great grandmother had a farm, and she did that. No, you probably have a great. If you have a grandparent, there's a chance she, they might have. I mean, she died fifteen. And if years they didn't ago. do it, their mother yeah. did it. Like, that's the thing. Well, think like, about this. She died fifteen years ago, and now, but like fifteen years ago, that was it. Like fifteen years ago. Like she was ninety five, right? That's like I. How was, many people do you got to go back? I was and... influenced by her. I I grew up with her for fifteen years, and we can go the other way. How and, far? How, how far back? How many was people she influenced? How many people do you got to go back to have a slavery? That's what I. That's I like. I try to tell it to to, people, to be like, a slave or to uh, know someone who owns a slave. Well, so and they, and my ca- the good news is my contacts. Most of them are from the Mayflower, so they did not. Right. But I also realized, I mean. They were willing to sign off on it to the point they were like they weren't okay with it, yeah. but they were okay enough with it to say we'll accept this as a compromise yeah. well, to get the to get, to get the constitution. The way I like, like to that's not exactly. Can the you imagine like doing that now? It. Like, oh, we'll accept slaves to get a, an important right. document through. So think about this. So think okay. about my great grandma, fifteen years ago was ninety five. So let's just say she was a hundred, just for ease of math, right? So that means she was, let's say, she was a, around in nineteen eleven. Right? Do you think, you know, and especially a lot of people had babies a lot younger back then, maybe every 20 years. So let's say her great grandmother was around and her great grandmother was born in 1811. And let's say she had 15 years with her great grandmother from 1811. You know what I mean? So, like, so I was influenced by someone who was influenced by someone who was around in 1811, who was probably heavily influenced by someone who was around in 1711. That was three people ago. Yeah. That's three people. So one person told another person who told another person who told me, and that person was around, that original person was around in 1711. The fuck kind of messaging and attitudes do you think were past three people? Come on. And it's not just messaging, it's like this is your biology. But that's your like, that's your family telling you a thing. And then like But then but my point is okay, I agree with that. But the other component you have to add is that there's a biological component, right? If you're right. not if you're not the survivor. So uh, I think it, we talked about this before. Victor Frankl, I think it might have been, who said right. uh, the best the of best us best did, did not survive. survive. The thing is, you had to be a little brutal to survive, and it, that was the context. Of well, the Holocaust, I mentioned 1711 like, and 1811. You had to be brutal as fuck. Like you had to kill the chickens. And certainly, like even if my, as much as I like to say, oh, my ancestors didn't own slaves, and I guess that makes you feel a little bit better. They were certainly racist they as were, fuck. They were. They had to yeah. be. Like they were, they were fine with it. 
They, there were no, no, I, there no. Were no pronoun discussions. I, I, I don't think they were fine with it because, but they think is they were willing to accept but it. Was the it. society you were in? No, but I'm saying they, I wouldn't say they were fine with it because they. I mean, obviously Sam Adams. Well, I'm not uh, sorry. Sure. Sorry, John Adams, who not directly right, right. fought against it very, very hard. But the thing is, he was still willing in the end to ultimately sign off on the Constitution. Right. right. Giving the compromise, the two thirds compromise, and all these other things to. Uh, to get it done, and he wanted it out. And to be fair, I understand that even Jefferson wanted it out, uh, and Jefferson owned slaves, Man. and Jefferson like didn't free his slaves. Yeah. So there's only one founding father of ours that owned slaves and freed them, and that was George Washington. And he did it in his he did it in his um, uh, will. He, he apparently tried earlier and, and through a lar larger plan, but he's the only one who moved from slave owner to uh, freed slaves, and he didn't even do it when he was alive. <laughs> no, he tried. And he, and he might have been the best of us. Uh, he actually gave up power, and he could have been a king. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and He could have been a king, and fair, he said, only eight but years. The, but the other thing is years. I would say that actually might be the best of us too because it's not that hard to go from not believing – not believing you should own people to not believe you should own people, which is what John Adams did. Okay, you're already there. But imagine being raised to believe this is acceptable, yeah. handed all these things that were uh, handed all these people that are worth a lot of money and that can yeah. make you a lot of money, That's and then insane. and then being told you should do this, and then changing your mind and willing to let all your descendants lose all that money. Um, and for the record, he was trying to do it in his own life. We can debate whether this was a good plan or a bad plan, or if he shouldn't have just done it. But um, his sort of failsafe was his um, uh, was his will, right? His goal was to do it during his life. He owned most of. This is hard to explain if you don't live in uh, uh, Virginia. But he a large he owned a large chunk of Fairfax County, and now Mount Vernon, the state, is very small. But he owned a large chunk of it beforehand, and his goal was to. He was concerned about what happens if I free the free these slaves and they don't have a place to work and they can't make money. So he is he was going to give away his own land. On the condition, and he'd free the slaves. On the condition, you would hire a slave to work your land, and that would and and he'd give it to his you know to white people. He wasn't gonna give it to black. He wasn't gonna give it to the slaves. He was gonna give it to the and they would like you get this land, land but you had to pay this person to work it. Uh, and it was so taboo in Virginia at that point to free slaves. He couldn't even get that done. Um, so you could he couldn't hand away free land to get it done. Um, so that's why he had on this failsafe was was his uh, will, and then he still only freed. So he could only free the ones that he owned, and then the ones I believe it's So what happens? I, there's a term for it. And I forget the name uh, of slaves who are born of uh, of of born from two slaves who are owned by different people. So Martha's side, Martha was very pro-slavery, very much until the end. I mean, she never freed her slaves. So George could only free his own slaves. Oh, and then the ones the children that were born, um, he he freed them when Martha would die. Because you like they like apparently they both had to agree or something and then ordered for it to wow. and so Martha freed them in her lifetime only because and, and pretty much people in Mount Vernon who work there, and I know at least one person who works there, wow. think someone whispered in her ear said, what happens when a you know 50 people's the only thing yeah. standing between them and your freedom is you, yeah. um, and so she did it during her life. But the, but her the slave that she owned directly that uh, that George had no control over, uh, she never freed. Um, and those um, went all the way down to Robert E. Robert E. Lee. So Robert E. Lee is down the Washington line, 
and that is uh, that's that's that line. And he has a plantation, so his plantation is now Arlington Cemetery, by the way. So his plantation was Arlington Cemetery, uh, and they took it during the Civil War. So what happened? That's actually a pretty funny story too. Uh, have you heard this one? So, so the Arlington Cemetery was Robert E. Lee's estate, um, and coming down through that Martha Washington line, um, and what happened was they were looking for a place to bury the dead from the Civil War, and specifically like you know from Manassas and all those other places. And they're like, "Well, there's this giant estate right across in Virginia, and spoils of war. Spoils he went, he war. went against us, and they just claimed the land, and that's how we have uh, that Arlington. So that's how we have Arlington Cemetery. Arlington Cemetery is Robert E. Lee's estate wow. that we buried our dead in and honor them. And that's what happens when you become a traitor." Yeah. <laughs> um, and the problem was that he's a traitor. It should happen to Trump, let's be honest. Well, honestly, it should have happened to Robert E. Lee. Should be dead, but Robert E. Lee didn't die. Robert Lee is but, dead, yeah, but but he, I mean, he should have been killed at the hand of us, but he wasn't. Right. He was so he was ne- so he was never given a citizenship back, but he was allowed to live a comfortable life. He became a uh, president of Washington Lee College, which is why the Lee is there. The Washington side is from Washington, which is we very proud of. But despite the fact that George Washington himself had moved from his own lifetime from not believing in slavery to uh, sorry to believing in slavery to not believing in slavery in his own lifetime, and this is a hundred fucking years later almost, yeah. and he couldn't come to that same conclusion. Yeah. So fuck Robert E. Lee, like for sh- for for sure, for sure, fuck Robert E. Lee if you don't. I agree with that. If anyone ever clips this and someone's like, well, I don't know. Mm, fuck you. Fuck Robert E. Lee. Fuck Robert E. Lee. I'll He's go on record on that one. He's a goddamn traitor. He uh, is. He's just a traitor. like everyone who ran into the uh, – just like everyone who stormed the Capitol on January 6th. That, was it you I was talking about who like the lawyer for the for the QAnon shaman? Did I tell you about this? Nope. Where the QAnon shamans – the QAnon shaman, the guy with the fucking headdress or whatever, his defense lawyer – and this is going to be politically incorrect – he comes out and he says, I might be using this term politically incorrect, but uh, these people, uh, they're short bus people. They're fucking- <laughs> I did read that quote. Like, said, I know fucking, about you. They're fucking retards. He's like, what are we What are we going to do? And I was like, oh, my God. Here, here's the problem with that as a lawyer. It's not a legal offense. There's no legal offense there. To say they're um, short bus people. <laughs> you, you, you don't get to uh, – because oh you're God. mentally handicapped, you do not get to have an insurrection. There's nothing in there for that. And by the way, there are plenty of mentally handicapped people who don't engage in criminal activity at all, let alone in an insurrection or treason. So that's not an actual offense. Uh, At best, you could go for crazy, like uh, insane, insanity offense, which is not that. And it's probably not going to happen because you stormed the Capitol. Well, the other thing is there's a bunch of people that are not the smartest in the world or mentally handicapped. And I would not say that's the same thing. I think it's slightly different. Who oh, are of who understand right and wrong? Yeah, like, different. it's different. There's a it's bunch different. of people who fall into both of those camps who understand right and wrong and would never have considered such an activity. Of course. Um, of course. so there's no defense here. There is no legal defense, there's no moral defense. Oh you don't get away with it. You don't get to destroy and the capital when they're trying have, to certify the election. And here's the real answer. Here, I was the, the real point. Like you're this is the libertarian in me and the and the moralist in me. You're responsible for the information you consume. And if it makes you do things that are illegal, um, that's up to you. And now maybe that's correct. Maybe that's morally correct, not if not legally correct. 
there are times that people have engaged in what amounts to, to treason, right? That I agree with. Sure. This wasn't one of them. And this was not one of them. I don't think society well, not certainly not for me. And society has agreed that's probably not one of them. Maybe parts of the society actually agree that it wasn't as bad as we think. But I think we should be honest about that and yeah. really asking ourselves, is this the and then this is Donald fucking Trump. That's the guy? That's the guy. That's the guy we're gonna on, go bro. go to war Come with. On, bro. Like that's the guy we're gonna defend. Like I have sure there are lots of people who think that election was stolen. They're wrong, but they'd probably believe that. Who are also like, I'm not gonna go storm the Capitol for that guy. Seriously. For that guy. Well, and I can the fact that you think it's the fact that you think it was stolen. I understand that if you believe morally something is incorrect and you need to fix it and like like maybe like look if if trump had stolen the election maybe it would have been morally correct to kick him out somehow and that would have been treasonous if he had somehow become a dictator and taken over the government but that's the one you're he's, he's your dictator that's he's the, the he's your dictator guys really him the one who fucks who stole all your money he stole everyone's money we're reloading. We're gonna go for a little bit longer here, and then we gotta do some dinner. And uh, then uh, I don't we're, know if we're gonna go to South Beach, but I, I'm hungry. Uh, <laughs> are we just planning? Are we're planning on the podcast? What our next move is? Uh, yeah. No. Uh, the thing I was gonna say is, uh, we should probably. Uh, one thing I would like to talk about, unless you want to keep talking about that for a little bit longer, um, is what do we expect from this conference? I'm actually so we have so the conference, the Bitcoin conference, specifically our tickets start um, uh, two days from now. Uh, so stall Friday. They will. They'll never know. They'll never know. They'll like, never know. They'll never know unless we edit. It. Unless we don't edit this. Unless we don't edit this. We probably won't edit this. We probably won't. Probably so you're probably gonna hear about it. Um, I think the thing I'm wondering about is what are we? Hey, hey, I have a fun game. We... Say what you like. I say what you think I'm gonna say, and then ask me a question and see if I say it. Okay, I have no idea if you guys heard that, but uh, Luke wants to play a fun game where I say what I think he's going to say, and then we find out if he's going to say it. Uh, I was going to say I'm curious what he w expects from the Bitcoin conference. My guess is partly to – well, I know I know one thing we're going to both wonder is how many people are the right-wing nutjobs. Um, I think he's going to expect to find a few of them. Um, I think our hope – Certainly, my hope is to meet some people that might help make this podcast more interesting in a certain context. Maybe by being um, um, actual guest or providing us some new content, um, becoming new Twitter followers uh, that we follow, and maybe they follow us as well. Um, but I actually think the big thing he's going to uh, talk about is white ring nutjobs and how many in the Bitcoin community are there. That's actually my real guess. And I'm not quite sure what he's going to say about that, but that would be what I think he's going to say. Um, as far as me, what I'm – so there's multiple stages there. Uh, there's the smaller stage, and the, and, and the bigger one is both recorded and being streamed live. And that has some people that I really do know and I want to meet because of, for various reasons. I've interacted with some of them with tw on Twitter. But the smaller one is like the in-depth – since there sounds like the ones are like going to be more in-depth technical – uh, go down Lightning Network, which I would really like to have a better understanding of. And I'm hoping I get to do that a little bit. Also, 
just hanging out with 12,000 people who at least think with think like me with regards to monetary policy. Uh, I'm intrigued to meet. Um, I do myself want to know also how many of them are the really white right wing nut jobs. If that is a Twitter anomaly, or if it's actually representative representative of the group, I honestly don't know the answer to that. Um, certainly, some group of it is, and it's probably large, and certainly larger than the average group. But I don't know how large. Anyway, Luke is back, so we'll find out. Luke, what, what do you think? What are your thoughts on the Bitcoin conference coming up? I think I'm excited, one, to uh, get oh, – I'm going to pull the seat up. Holy cow. It's a big seat. Um, one, I'm excited to be around people. I haven't been anywhere in about two years. So that's kind of crazy. Certainly not this large. Certainly, and definitely not 12,000 people uh, size conference. So that's kind of crazy. What I'm interested in is really two things. One – if any, you know, if we'll meet actually any cool people that maybe we can develop relationships with who maybe are influencers or who have podcasts or just like cool people, maybe they're building a business on the blockchain, just some cool people. And two, who the fuck are Bitcoin people? There's 12,000 Bitcoin people coming here. I have no idea who the fuck Bitcoin people are other than Nathan and like. Maybe some people I've seen on YouTube and then some really weird people I've interacted with on Twitter. So I'm really interested to see who the fuck are Bitcoin people and like, which I wouldn't be surprised if like I'm not really, if I don't really jive with them, a lot of my interests in, in life, I don't have anyone to talk to about them because I'm the only one like me who is interested in like those things. But there's 12,000 people who presumably own Bitcoin who are really into Bitcoin to fly to Miami and come to a Bitcoin conference. I'm really interested to see who the fuck they are because uh, Twitter gives a very colorful picture of Bitcoin people. So uh, what I said was not that far off of what I thought he'd say. Um, uh, I think we said it in very different ways. Uh, I said it a little bit more specifically about how many of them are right wing nut jobs. I was a little more specific. I was trying to be very PC about that, I but was I'm not. very curious about how many of them fucking voted for Trump. <laughs> don't believe in science. Don't believe in vaccines. And then, uh, yeah, yeah. And then we both agreed that like we wanted to meet people who could maybe help us in the podcast in different yep. ways. Yeah. Um, I was saying like either even just even if they're not on guests, but like if we're if they're an interesting follow, that can give us more content. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, it may be more Bitcoin content. Sorry for the people that don't like Bitcoin. But we didn't really touch on except for right now. Like this is it. Yeah. Well, but like we never really even meant to like touch on Bitcoin as much as we do. It just it turns out like that's what we're both really interested, interested in, and it's going it was going gangbusters for a while, and maybe yeah. less so now. Um, but it's interesting right now. And then I started a blog, which is all about Bitcoin. Yeah. Well, I I feel very similar to, and this is I don't mean to compare myself to him in good ways or bad ways, but Jeff Bezos, before he started Amazon, he was on Wall Street, and he realized he's like, oh, there's this thing called the fucking internet. Like, I think this shit's gonna be big. Like, I think I need to do something with this thing called the internet. Obviously, it took decades to build the Amazon that we all know. But like he knew, he was like, This is this is gonna be a thing. And first of all, he's from Albuquerque, in case you didn't know that. And I'm also from Albuquerque. So, you know, I might be the next no, I'm just kidding, I won't be. But I would never. I would give it all away, I swear to God. But I feel like it's just it's just a thing. Like Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. 
it's just a thing. It's like I, I need to be involved. I feel like you probably feel the same way. It's going to be the next internet. It's going to be the next thing. I feel we, we need to be involved with. I it. feel by internet, I mean not, it's not going to replace the internet. I mean it's going to be like that magnitude that of change. Uh, all of that I agree with. The only thing part I would disagree is like I not necessarily need to be involved in it. Um, well, no, you don't need to be, but like, but you, I but really, I really already cool. enjoy it. I just enjoy the it'd topic. Be, it'd be really dope, though. That's what I mean. Oh like, no, I don't, I, don't, I don't need it. A hundred percent, hundred percent. Man, it'd be dope. Like, it'd be dope. It, if, it'd, be, it'd be awesome. If I could find a, you know, the right Bitcoin job for me would be fantastic. Well, well, that's um, let's let's get into that. So actually, so you know, the, okay, yeah, let's go with the story a little bit about how I. So I decided I was going to go. Uh, well, let's explain how shady it is for a second. What I want to get into is. The reason, one of the reasons I think we both want to come, and maybe more me than him, and then he'll get into his reasons. But it's like wanting to get into the cryptocurrency and the Bitcoin space. Obviously, there's a lot of scams. Maybe do doggy coin, right? You never know. But like, and like, but people are building businesses on top of these coins, and like, how? Maybe the coins a scam. Maybe the business is a scam. Even if they're building on top of Bitcoin, are they a scam? It's gonna be. It's very difficult to know. If you like, I mean, it's almost, it almost be better to like work for Chase Bank or Apple doing their Bitcoin payments because at least they're a legit business. Yeah. But it's like when people are just building things in the Bitcoin network, you're like, am I going to trade a, a, a normal life for like some, for some scam or some Bernie Madoff stuff? Like it, it, it gets a little weird. So coming to this, I think helps maybe figure out, I don't know. So outside the fact that I gave you a little bit of a discount coming, is that the reason you're coming? That, that obviously see me. I mean, it had seen Wait, me. No, 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 no. no, why am I coming? Uh, one, because I mean, you invited me, and I thought that'd be great. Yeah, well, yeah, you, all that. Oh. You got me into Bitcoin again. I mean, I was into it a long time ago, but I was never gonna. I probably never was gonna get back into it. But you got me back into it, and then we started the podcast, and then you invited me out here. Yeah, and I was like, and and. It's kind of our thing. Like we just every every year or two, we fucking try to we, see each other. We with. try to see it. We meet somewhere and we do some things. So I was like, it it, just, it hit all the boxes. Like one, I'm interested in Bitcoin. You got me into Bitcoin again. Uh, we have a podcast together, so we could do this, and we might be able to meet people. Um, and like maybe because we have the podcast, maybe we can meet some people for the podcast. Maybe we, you know, it's just, there was a lot of, there was no downside. I mean, sure, you got to spend money to do this kind of stuff, but there was no downside. There was only upside. I invited him twice, and the first time was sort of, it kind of blew me off, and the second time I was a little more specific. Uh, but um, oh, one thing I should say for, to everyone listeners, this is a Bitcoin-only conference. In fact, they made it very, very clear. If you're going to talk about other cryptocurrencies, no. do not do it in Bitcoin. They actually sent an email today to say multiple things. That was one thing they said. They said you can do it outside on other events, but don't do it here. So as far as scams go, I would say there's probably less scams within Bitcoin, but there's not no scams in Bitcoin. Right. So uh, and there's definitely and the other thing is there's certainly going to be hackers there, which is why they literally said don't, in yeah, um, very in the email, don't carry too much Bitcoin on you because you can buy things in Bitcoin. You don't have to. You can buy things in Bitcoin. They're like, don't carry too much. Carry just enough for the day. Please don't carry more than that because we know that there are going to be people who are going to try to hack. It's like going wallets. to DefCon with a. Uh, I don't know if anyone. With, Listen, this knows what DefCon is. Yeah, with a reward. <laughs> yeah, but DefCon, there's it's a it's a hacker con, and if you show up there and you think and they you're call a normal the, person, they're gonna hack your shit. They call it the most unsecured network in the world. Yeah. Um, 
and, and it's just being around in that thing. And literally, the it, it's hosted in Las Vegas, and they have a bunch of rules for even the employees there about what they can carry and what they can bring and how that to bring up charges because it's it's you all hackers that. and it's all hackers. By the way, it's hackers. It, it's it's white hat hackers, it's gray hat, black, it's black hat, hat all, of all of them together, and and then even one white hat to work for the government. So it's everyone, yeah. uh, and a lot of them have like bounties that you don't even know about, like who can who. So there's uh, there's a lot of bounties that are like first person to identify a government employee, a government agent uh, who is undercover, and like stuff like that. It's that extreme, right? Um, but this is like that. But in the context of having a bounty, if exactly. you can if you can hack my wallet, you you can have some money. You I don't I don't I, I wouldn't say a hundred percent of the people here. I wouldn't say they're between DefCon and Bitcoin. There's hundred percent overlap, but even if there was ten to twenty percent, I would yeah. say twenty to thirty percent overlap is almost guaranteed. Oh, the other thing is, and you got to be very I'm not honestly the true laptop. Bitcoiners are you be very are very very uh, encryption. No, no, but I would say the encryption, encryption contest. The other thing is like Cyber a lot of them contest. are actually really. We can disagree about the mass shit and other stuff, right. but they really do have principles. And hacking your shit would not be one of them. Um, but the problem is, we know there's going to be a target of people who are not yeah. unprincipled. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, unprincipled. And I'm not talking about unprincipled in the anti-mass way. I'm talking about like unprincipled, unprincipled. assholes who are going, to, are going to, to try to steal Bitcoiners' stuff. There, they're definitely there. And that was why they were telling you don't have that much on your 100%. on your wallets and your software. It's, um, so it, it, it's kind of it, that's why that's another thing I find really intriguing about is like Bitcoin. I'm really interested in it, but it, but it but Bitcoin in general. You you've made this point before where to understand Bitcoin, it takes a it takes a confluence of different fields. You have to understand a lot of different fields. I mean, from cryptography to to the economy to fiscal policy. To coding, like there's, there's, and, and even more than that. But you got to understand a lot of things. Bitcoin makes sense in a lot of different areas. You got to kind of understand all the it's different. It's very areas. multidisciplinary. It's very multidisciplinary, which I think a lot of people why they don't understand Bitcoin is because they have a hard time because they don't, they're not proficient in five to seven. Most people aren't proficient in one uh, area of study, and you have to like really under to really get Bitcoin. You have to have read books in five to seven. I would say at least. I'm, different you're different more places. technical than me and i think i would say i'm more finance based would you agree with that yeah yeah but but i'm but, but that's where we came from but we both right. did we both tried right. to read but, over but but at the same time you still understand that oh this is encryption and the point is to hide from not the point is to hide from the government but like you understand and the, you understand the, the monetary policy but i understand but, monetary, but, 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 but what's weird is that i, mean. I yeah. think this is actually okay this is a sort of a digression from the bitcoin conference and but this is actually something i've been thinking about lately is why are ethereum people ethereum people versus bitcoin people bitcoin people i think one of them is multi, bitcoin is multidisciplinary yeah if you don't have a strong so. finance so. um monetary policy issue like like understanding of what's going on with the world there right. you, you you think you can mess with the monetary policy and it will all work out which is what the right. ethereum people keep doing and right and, and they think it's going to be a currency and i'm like it's which, gonna it's gonna be like a digital Amazon yeah. card, which is gonna be worth something. By the way, it's gonna be worth a lot more than it is right now. I just think Bitcoin will probably outperform. Well, those and two. most people don't understand modern mon not I don't mean modern monetary theory. I mean like they don't understand modern monetary policy. They don't understand that ninety one percent of the money in the system was printed in the last couple of years. Yeah. They don't understand that the government prints money. They don't understand that the Federal Reserve is a private organization, and, not in a conspiracy way. But they don't understand these. They don't they don't understand 
what money is. They understand where it comes from. Yep. They understand why it's a problem. They understand why Venezuela had a problem with hyperinflation. They don't understand these things. I they understand I'm, what happened to Rome back in the day. They I don't understand with, these things. And that's just, by the way, that's one one field that you need to understand Bitcoin. That's one. Yeah, and I agree with everything he just said. And um, and I think Ethereum people are more in more enthused with the tech right. than they are with the monetary policy. I would. I I love. I'm a Ethereum stan. I do like Ethereum. I have bought Ethereum. I agree with that. People are more infatuated with what Ethereum could be technologically wise, almost like an Amazon, but it's. It's a digital Amazon. It's, it's a completely different thing than Bitcoin. It's and completely – there's only – for 100%, like I have a lot of altcoins. I bought a lot of altcoins. But like Bit, there's only one Bitcoin. Everything else is different. Everything else is different. There's there's Ethereum and there's a lot of things competing with Ethereum. But there's only one Bitcoin. No one's tried to do and no one's done what Bitcoin has done. And what I think Bitcoin is doing is slowly eating into some of Ethereum's – uh, use cases. I don't think it'll eat into it all could. of them. With a level two, it could. For and sure. level two, that's Even what I'm saying. A level three, at level could. two, it's already. And and my point is, they also just made a proof of concept on you can do smart contracts on yeah. both the main blockchain and a layer two. But almost certainly, it'll be applied mostly on layer two because you know if you make yeah. a sports bet thing for a hundred hundred dollars or a hundred dollars right. worth of satoshis. You're not going to want to do that at the layer one. That was an but, idea I had. But it can apply to both of them, and they're already they've already proved it on, in, in a scientific paper, and they've started building these things out. And so, so I, I I still think I still think there's a place for Ethereum or some other smart contract that are doing yeah. things that are outside of just money. But the thing is, like, if it's a money payoff. Um, I think it's going to be living in the Bitcoin ecosystem. Yeah. I would say ecosystem. Layer two, uh, sure. probably not layer one, but uh, but maybe someone's going to layer one. Layer three or even La layer, layer four, four goes for. Like, that, then, like you start and, getting and, exponential. At that and, and the thing is, like, how do you define layer two? Like, it's, if, if we if we hook the Bitcoin, Bitcoin into um, the Apple wallet, is that layer one or layer two? Right. Uh, and if we hit it to, does it matter if we hit it into lightning network or the base layer? If we lay it in the base layer, I would say it's layer one, and we hit it into the lightning network, that's layer two. And my guess is it might do both. Um, you might have your big chunks where you're gonna, uh, so this gets into how um, Bitcoin works for those of you that don't know. Uh, uh, the base layer is final settlement, 100% like yeah. thing. The problem is high, higher fees and takes longer. Lightning is instant. And cheap and like nearly instantaneously, like near instantaneous yeah. and near free. If you're not familiar with Bitcoin, you have no idea what the fuck we're talking about. And now, yeah, we're sort of <laughs> guaranteed. Sort of, no one knows what the fuck. We're going into Bitcoin fun. Let, let's go back. Let's go back to like why, okay. Why does way. it take different fields to understand Bitcoin? Right. So we went over yeah. monetary policy because one, most people don't understand monetary policy. Which if you don't understand it, read some books. We're not gonna go for it here, right? But there's monetary policy. But then, like, kind of what he's talking about with layer one and layer two is like there's a there's software layers to the infrastructure of our society, and so we have a we have a financial infrastructure to our society. And so, when he's saying layer one, layer two, layer one can be the base infrastructure. Think about the basic plumbing of a city, right? Or the basic roadway of a city. That's the basic infrastructure. So level one is that. That's kind of where everything is built off of. But layer two can be more nimble because layer one is going to have 
the way you got to think about Bitcoin is it has, first of all, Satoshi Nakamoto is not around. There's no dictator. It's it's going to be it- any changes are going to be done by nodes, but we have a protocol and the protocol dictates the rules. And so if you want to change the rules or if you want to add things or do this, that has to be on a layer two. You can't change Bitcoin. You're going to have a layer two that interfaces with Bitcoin. For example, think about any app that you use. It's just recent. So I'm going to use Uber, for example. But Uber uses three to four different apps to be an app. It uses a text app to text you. It uses a... So it uses Twilio to text you. It uses Google Maps to get around. Google Maps to get around. It uses Stripe to charge you. So those are like you could think of like as the level one. This is the now I'm stretching the analogy a little bit, but those are the level one, and then they build Uber on top of that. Boom, and you get you get a you get a seamless but, Uber experience. So but jump back, that's not the infrastructure. Can we jump back to later one for a minute? Uh, so yeah. later one. Okay, uh, let's start with the train, and then we're gonna move to. Uh, cars to let you guys all know where i'm gonna go with this one so layer one often sets the rules uh so there's a reason train tracks are the certain amount of uh, feet apart they are because if they weren't if you were trying to build a train on top of it you wouldn't know how to build far how how, how much to build it so it can't change a train a train track must be a train must sit on a train track and the train track is across and like this this is the base layer rule okay right now in fact, this is sort of uh, this, which and, we should and, say is a good thing. We want that, and this is sort of what led to cars, right? So cars like still follow the basic how how large across a train normally is is basically, I believe, the size of a lane of a uh, of, uh, of a car, and that's why cars are pretty much uniform. Train car, car. as far across they are, and what I'm talking about is now imagine doing those basic rules and then building the interstate highway system, okay, in the U.S. Um, right. So you have the basic rules. Everything has to follow along these rules, and the interstate highway system is going to do the major throughway of the largest amount of traffic. That is the base layer of Bitcoin. Okay, it is the interstate highway system, but not in the number of transactions, but in the price per transaction, the the value per transaction. So like it's going to do it's going to do the billion dollar transactions. You want to move three billion dollars instantaneously across borders you do it on bitcoin um and you don't do it on ethereum so ethereum is actually in my understanding doing more uh more uh price per day like more value per day but it's doing it much 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 more transactions and the reason we have less transactions uh, on Bitcoin is because we wanted to maintain the decentralization, which you can get to other podcasts. We've talked about this before. Right. Um, but the whole point is price per transaction, like value per transaction. I don't want to call it price. Call it value per transaction. It's Bitcoin. Bitcoin is by far doing the largest. Right. And the expectation, though, I guess we will find out if it's going to come out to be reality, is that things are going to build on top of it that are going to settle in this final transaction when you need to, and otherwise do smaller transactions at layer two, layer three, layer four. Um, so the idea is that this layer two can be maybe your thousand dollar transactions, even your coffee transactions, and then eventually the super like uh, the small stuff, you know, that might be layer three or layer four, but it's all going to happen at a higher level of transaction that is still very secure, but not quite as secure. Um, and that gets into how Lightning Network works, as well as other things. 
Um, and some of layer two is going to be somewhat centralized, by the way. I think the Apple uh, Apple wallet, I think it's going to be, you have to consider it centralized yeah. and layer two. I think it's both. I, uh, I think Lightning is completely decentralized, but I'm not sure that Apple may not hook into it. I'm not sure. So just we'll keeping score for you guys, we just went from monetary fiscal policy to software development. So that and that's just two pieces of Bitcoin. So you got to understand monetary and, policy, and then how we're dealing with monetary policy with software. How and then Bitcoin and cryptography, is, and then cryptography is layered on top of that, which is why it's secure. But that's why no, but that's why you get the word cryptocurrency. It's, cryptocurrency. If you don't have a strong exactly. background of. I think you need to understand crypto. I don't understand cryptography yeah. at the level. Well, you need to understand cryptography, but you need to understand computer science and how computer networks work, which is why I'm really yeah. comfortable with Bitcoin because so, but like, so if you think about the internet in general, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, what, whatever you're listening to this on is like layer three of the internet. The internet has a layer one, like we're talking about, about Bitcoin. Most people have no fucking idea about layer one because you just log into Instagram or Facebook and you get your content. But there is a layer one of the internet, which is why when I said earlier, it's the next internet is because I understand how the network of the internet works. And so I can build up from there, but there, but there's pipes of all kinds of things with the internet, which I don't, we don't need to get into because it gets really like nerdy, but like there, that's, when I look at cryptocurrency, I'm like, it's a better internet. And if you understand the internet and you understand cryptocurrency from a technical perspective, which is maybe where I come in, maybe yeah. Nathan doesn't come in. Yeah. Like I, I can see the parallels because I understand how to I understand, start. I would say I understand at 20%, you understand so, it's more than so, so let me tell you. And I think the opposite of the monetary policy. Yeah, so let me tell you when I, what's, what's different about me. It's like, so if I build a website, right? I know I can go to DigitalOcean. I can spin up a server for five bucks a month and I can deploy a droplet on that server and I can on that droplet put WordPress and then I can build a website on top of that and then I can connect it to everything else you want to know. Most people, when they want to build a website, they got to go to Wix, Squarespace, ASW, whatever. ASW is a little bit different, but like everything comes from, there's a server somewhere in the world. I know how to access a direct server I could probably even build a server myself and then put a website on it. And then you connect it to the internet. There's, it gets very technical, but like, so I know from the base layer up. And so what, so what I'm trying to say is Bitcoin is the base layer up and level two, level three, level four is going to be the internet as we know it. And why it's going to be better is because it's just as secure. It's decentralized, which if you don't know what that means, Maybe we can go into that and say it's decentralized, uh, but it's just but as de- fast. But I would say decentralized, if you want a quick bullet point, it tends to be more it's secure. Kind of it, it tends to be two things, more secure and more fair. The, 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 that's the two bullet points. Right. But we'll get into so, why. So, so that, well, well, let's say we, I, can, I can give a quick sentence. Why? So Facebook. Mark Zuckerberg owns all the servers that Facebook runs on, period. Jeff Bezos owns all the servers that Amazon runs on, period. Nobody owns all the servers that Bitcoin runs on, period. Nathan owns one. There's, what, 15,000 people that own one or maybe more. I don't know the exact number. I say a different number of time. That's the difference. Think about that. Mark Zuckerberg owns Facebook. Jeff Bezos owns Amazon. All the servers that they run on. So when you go to Amazon, you're going into a server, and Jeff Bezos owns that environment. No one 
I repeat, no one owns the environment that Bitcoin lives on. It is decentralized. Many, many, many people own the environment and they all agree on the blockchain and that is the blockchain. Oh. That's why it's decentralized. And that's the future of the internet. It's more secure and it's more private, which everyone wants. And if it can be just as fast as the internet, which it can be, humans will choose that because it's better for all of us, period. That's why it'll replace the internet. Okay. Um, all this is 100% true, so I'm not arguing, but let's, uh, I want to move on to two, two things real That'll quick. That'll be layer seven though. Uh, after saying one thing, <laughs> the other third thing we haven't talked about really is cryptography, which is certainly another Very big three. Very complicated. No, no, but it's, but I think as you can say, cryptocurrency, including Bitcoin, uh, you need you need a working functional understanding of cryptography. It's not that hard to do uh, to do a little bit. At least bit, what it means. At least you know what it means. A little bit of how it works. How hard it. What, um, what how hard it is. How hard it. No, is. but uh, here, here's what's all. Uh, go to the um, go to the We Study Billionaires podcast. Look for cryptography and any of their Bitcoin pot, and, and you'll get the you'll get the working understanding that you need to hundred you need to have, but you need to have it because it's important to understand why Bitcoin is what, so secure yeah. and that why we think it solves some monetary problems within money that didn't exist. So it solves right. problems within money that existed before, like counterfeiting. Like counterfeiting right. goes away, uh, and this a lot of this stuff goes away. If you understand cryptography, but only if you understand cryptography. Right. So basically what we're saying is we're building – if Bitcoin becomes the new monetary standard at some point in the future, it will be built on a granite foundation. And the reason is cryptography. And that's one thing I think we didn't touch on here. And we – honestly, I it's think – It's hard to touch on it. It's hard to touch on it right here. And – I think we're both sort of uh, uh, out at this point. Right. Um, but that is one thing I would say. Cryptography, I think it's cryptography, uh, monetary policy, and some some understanding of software development and protocols and how they how they all integrate. You can call that algorithms. two or three. Algorithms. That, uh, that one's hard, man. Algorithms are a little harder, but let's call it software development slash... Uh, software development. Good uh, luck. <laughs> yeah, software development slash... Well, I would say... Um, protocols and how they like on top what of each I, what other. I would say if is you understand like, how the internet built on top of each other yeah. like literally just go down that rabbit hole you'll understand a little bit more of how bitcoin I if give, bitcoin was a foundational lever i use some level, keywords i use some keywords like if you understand how dns gives a rise to a website and how that website can be indexed on a search platform like google if you can understand that sentence and then you can understand how that can be encrypted how a password to that website can be encrypted, you probably, you can understand the computer science software development thing. And here's a cryptography, well enough. Here's a cryptography thing. A cryptography thing, the most important thing within Bitcoin is that there's a public facing address right. and private. a private key. So think oh, of this as an email password, uh, your email name and your password. Uh, the email is publicly facing. Now here's the thing. If you generate in the right order, it creates a, a private key and then the public address on the blockchain and it prints it. Now, if you take a 20, so this is goes into the BIP39 standard, and I'll, I'll give you that name, BIP39, because you want to you want to Google it. But basically, it's the 24 seed phrase, which leads to basically 24 numeric code right. in a certain order. And what it does is generates a bunch of those in that order. Private key, 
than public address on the blockchain. And the thing is, it's a one-way uh, algorithm. It goes in one direction. And current computing power, there is no reason to expect that someone could take the public address and current, uh, current, and then go back to the private key. But even more than that, we've had the hash function on top of it in case the quantum computing comes along. But that's a different issue. But the thing is, the point is, it's a one-way function. It goes in one direction. And so if you know those 24 key, uh, 24 um, words, you've created 24 numbers in a certain order. And it's almost a billion of these things, possibility. So if you know those 24 words and you need to go to a hardware wallet that uh, runs the same standard, you run the 24 words through, and it looks through the blockchain. It looks for those public addresses. And it goes, oh, these exist. Here's the corresponding private key. And then you restore your hardware wallet. That's how that works. Um, that's the 99 cent version of the cryptography part. But I think you need to understand that and go a little further down than what I just said. Um, but that's a 99 cent version. I think that's a pretty and solid I say, version. I would say there's one more There's one more thing to consider. First of all, I don't think anyone who listens is going to understand. We should probably do a skill share on this. But then the one more about what is – so you understand all that and then – one more thing you need to understand is the psychology of supply and demand and why yeah. Bitcoin costs what it does and why the fact that Bitcoin has a limited supply how important that is matters a lot it and is. that no one can change that and the fact that there's a lot of rich people that are oh, by and the fix yeah the fixed supply but the known and the supply fixed rate and those and, and the fixed rate yeah, rate, uh, of, rate of of supply. all of that and all of that impacts the game theory so and what the is game that, theory is oh my god and then game theory fuck dude that's what i'm talking about bitcoin is like fuck it like you got to know and if you haven't if you haven't heard half the shit we're even talking about you're like i don't know how to go i never even heard about game but theory. this is why you I never wrote much it's honestly that's not this why i'm going to buy a little and keep learning because the thing is, yeah. you buy a little, you dollar cost average. Bitcoin, you'll read more about it, and then then you'll read more about it, and then you'll dog, and then you'll ask these questions. Well, what happens if the government does X? What happens yes. if someone tries to hack this? And what happens yeah. if this? And the thing is, exactly. and then you end up learning all these things. You learn up these things organically, yeah. precisely because well, you already have. Which is why we're lucky because I feel like I learned a lot of these things organically before Bitcoin. I feel like you learned a lot of these. Things I would say I learned the. Bitcoin. I understood the monetary stuff. I learned some of the software stuff, right. and then maybe some of the game through because I used to play poker. Right. Um, and I was big into politics or things related. Like, like if you're in natural affairs, like a lot of the game yeah. theory applies to, to me, that. I, to me, I learned all this stuff, and then Bitcoin. Once I read, I was like, No, I, 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 I would like, say, I would say, uh, first of all, cryptography, I didn't understand anything. It's, um, it's hard. Um, so, like, that was all entirely their own. But I had smart people tell me, "Look, you really can't hack this." And I was like, "Okay, I'm going to buy a little, and then I'm going to yeah. learn more." <laughs> um, um, yeah. Um, and. Hackers are motherfuckers. But they're trying. They've but, had the largest bounty in the world. But anyway, we, but this is a different conversation. AI okay. Quantum computer some shit. We're going to – I'm going to end this conversation right here because we've got a long conversation on this one. We went to go through it and figure out all the different topics we talk about and maybe – We're going to make a Skillshare on this. We're going to make like a 10-page fucking chapter tutorial. Well, we may – yeah, I have – you know, I already have the Bitcoin story. Who, who knows okay. how well we uh, but, explain this? But we're going to have to go back through and we'll figure out which ones we do on different podcasts. There's two things I want to do. Uh, low battery. Fuck. Okay. Should I end this? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna end it real quick. Uh, one, I wanted to say what I, um, why I ended up here. So I ended up here because I had I started the blog, I started the podcast, decided that I really wanted to go, I was gonna go. 
And then it was like, hey, if I take over the hotel, will you come out? Because I wanted him because I knew it would be fun. Great and he came out. Um, and it was because I'm not really sure. Like, I'm looking for possibly for a new job. I'm not really sure what possibly is great. I, obviously, I love this topic, oh, as nice. you can tell. Yeah, and I have a lot of money invested in it. And I thought, you know, paying, uh, you know, a couple thousand for the weekend to come oh, through yeah. was totally worth it for what was going on. And then I just, you know, offered him a free hotel as long as he'd come out because it would be a lot more fun. We could do this stuff. Yeah. Um, it's exactly already worked out perfectly. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, I've, I'm more than, you know, I, it's been, great. It's been worth every penny that I'm going to oh, cover yeah. him, which is a couple hundred bucks. Okay. That's why I did it. The next thing I'm going to say, and then we're going to end this, is that we are looking to do a little bit of a, hey, this is what the week is, uh, a week update, and we're maybe going to ha- uh, try to edit it together into one podcast. Probably audio only, probably. Uh, audio only, because I think we're going to be talking to our phones. Um, as far as that goes, uh, what do I want to say? Uh, we're going to try and give you a play-by-play of what's going on here. I mean, follow us on Twitter. I mean, I don't know if this will be up by that time, but we're in, like on audio, we're going to – at least my idea is like we're going to experience things during this weekend, record things uh, let's, on Anchor. But let's kick it off right now. Let's what do we say it. right now? This – this okay. Look, by the way, this is the end of the podcast. Yeah. This is the end Look. of the current podcast. Sorry. Yeah. Let's end the current podcast. Bye, guys. Current podcast is over. What we're going to say right now, well, you got to tune into the next one. Tune into the next one.